Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bo. And today we have a casual yet packed conversation on several topics, starting with organizational structure in hires, the progression of hybrid as a whole in terms of business, the importance of investing in people and building a solid team that has similar values and goals and work ethic, uh, fostering company culture and leadership and what our role has been in that area of the business and how important we think it is. Uh, and we finally ended with a more casual and laid back talk about my future in sports, specifically boxing, uh, the fight that I have coming up and what my goals with that is or are. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. As always, you can get 10% off of your orders using the code HYBRID, all in caps. Stay Classy Meats is an athlete-focused company who knows that we require the best quality protein. They curate specialty meats from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies, and they deliver them right to your door. So if you want to support the show, support HYBRID, Uh, we've partnered with Stay Classy to give you 10% off. Again, the code is HYBRID in all caps. Don't forget to screenshot this episode when you're listening to it. Uh, post it on Instagram. Tag me, tag Steffi, tag Hybrid Unlimited. Uh, if you want some brownie points, write something that you like about the, uh, about the podcast. Uh, doing that automatically enters you in a draw to potentially win the latest drop from Hybrid Legacy Brand. So if you want the flyest street slash gym slash all the different types of apparel that we offer uh definitely don't forget to do that it's an easy way to potentially get hooked up with some really cool stuff um if you want to take a look at our training nutrition programs uh, if you want to check out our educational courses or anything else that we offer under the hybrid umbrella don't forget to check us out at hybridperformancemethod.com And that's it. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Uh, what's up, everyone? So we are coming at you from the brand new podcast studio over at the Fantasy Factory slash Hybrid HQ. And super excited to be here. We have a legit, legit setup here. Talking, We were talking with, uh, what are these mics called, see? Uh, Shures. They're the same ones that Joe Green, Joe Rogan used. Same microphone quality as Joe Rogan. Can you hear how crisp my voice sounds? Yeah. I actually can't until we... Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this so I can hear how crisp these microphones are. Yep. But Caesar, how do I sound? So good. So good? It's like ASMR level. Wow. Wow. We wow. will uh, eat some... What, are, what do they call that? Mukbangs? <laughs> A little mukbang. You know here. what's nice about these though? That wow. the headphone ones... I was. I always have a really hard time knowing... Or not knowing, but figuring out where to put it so that you can't hear my nose wind. Dude, the nose wind will get worst. you with those. It'll really get you. Yeah. Especially because our dogs ate all of the protective like <laughs> foam things off of the, the ends of the mics. So they were not in the best shape. No. So See. it's nice. This is a this is a really nice uh, upgrade. We also have video system. We're just missing one cable. Um Uh, and essentially it'd be where we have three cameras and then we'll have that switchy switcheroo thingy system so that you guys can actually look at our faces when we talk. We can put together videos. So 
we can put together a video so you can see who's talking and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we took this whole thing to a whole other level. To the other thing we're waiting on, though, is those sound dampening uh, curtains. Yeah. Because that'll be, that'll be the final thing that'll just make the sound like go through the roof. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. So, yeah, I mean, lots, uh, lots of time and, and uh, financial effort has gone into building this, this, the fantasy factory up. It's been a dream of ours for the last, you know, few years or actually since we first started, we always wanted to have a place like this where we could just come in, have our office, you know, have a place where everybody from hybrid could come in and work collectively kind of in a, in a Google-esque environment and actually work as a team, help each other out and hang out and whatnot and have fun stuff to do as well. You have a foosball, foosball table. Yo, what happened with the uh, net? The basketball net? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Put that in. But, but I think we just, we have so much other stuff that's coming in still like furniture wise. I want to see how that all like fits first yeah. before we put in any more of the, uh, like the fun stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, this I mean, is like what you're talking about, about this building is kind of what we thought the, the gym, like office space was going to be. But that ended up almost being like too social. There was no separation of like, you know, gym members, friends, office space to do work. So it really just ended up being like a clubhouse slash social club. We were also very crammed, especially when we started the apparel business and all of our uh, T-shirts were being shipped there. And we had boxes and boxes and boxes of inventory there just stacked all the like all the way around tables and on top tables and underneath the tables and in the closet Did, and uh, inside the fridge. And it was crazy. Drop man. weeks for hybrid apparel Complete over there chaos. were insane. Chaotic. Insane. But yeah, so if people don't really know like the story of how this thing came about, we we we've had this warehouse for over a year mm-hmm. and uh, we've used only about a third of it as our printing and fulfillment center for the hybrid legacy brand uh and the rest of it just sat empty so we finally uh you know covid put us back a little bit because it was really hard to get people to come in and actually work uh and and do stuff on the construction side plus dealing with the city of miami especially during a pandemic was an absolute nightmare but uh that's all sorted and it's amazing how fast this thing came together eh like yeah, once we got the permits and all that stuff, it was pretty fast. Yeah, like one day I walked in and it's like, oh, we have a, we have three new rooms in here that never existed before. This uh, podcast studio like really came together in one day. Like all of these glass walls went up, uh, ceiling was put in, all the AC, all that. So super exciting. A lot of investing in um, company culture and better workflow. We're going to have, you want to run down like all the different things we're going to have in here? Yeah. So we have the podcast room in here. Then we have Hayden's office, my office. Uh, that's where uh, we're going to do all the magic, all the designs, all the, 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 the financing, all the important decision making things that business owners do behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Do you have a weird, almost sexual connotation? Of the behind closed doors? That. Yeah, and where the magic happens also. I mean, I didn't intend that to be sexual <laughs> whatsoever. That's what they say about the bedroom in, in MTV Cribs. That I didn't <laughs> intend that to be sexual at all, but it could, it could definitely be sexual. You never know. You it never is know. a fantasy factory after all. Right. This is the, yeah. 
<laughs> this ain't a church, all right? <laughs> all right, but I didn't mean to hijack you there. Where were you at? Uh, yeah, so we're going to have a lounge area that I'm super pumped about with two massive TVs, a moss wall, super comfy couches. Worried of, we're contemplating the uh, contemplating whether we should get a nap pod or a massage chair. I don't know if it has to be one or the other. You have a lot of space here. I'll, you can put your massage chair on top of my nap pod. I mean. You can get those on Alibaba. 700 bucks. You can get a smart nap pod. Yo, maybe we should put both the nap pod and the massage chair upstairs in that like little ledge thingy. Oh, that's cool. And that becomes a nap area. Yeah. The chill area. The do not disturb area. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of dope. It would be. The smart, I was blown away by this thing. Like, first of all, anyone who doesn't know what Alibaba is, that's just like, it's a website that lurks or sorry, links you with like factories overseas and uh, cut and sew uh, places to like, we, a lot of people use it for their apparel businesses, but you can literally get anything there. It's crazy. So I just type nap pods into it or sleeping pods or something. And literally it's a little room, like the rooms that they have in uh, like Japan mm-hmm. in those like economy hotels um that's you good um in those in those like economy hotels you can literally buy those and it comes fully like ready for you so there's like a bed in it there's a tv there's like ambient lighting it's yeah it's amazing show me show me show me show me the ones you've seen Uh, i'll I'll show you after we get off the podcast but um yeah they're super and there's like like 50 different options um you, you and dex are okay over there yeah, Dexter for some reason needs to be touching me at, all, at times. all times. He thinks he's twenty pounds. Yeah, no, he is not. He's seventy-five pounds. <laughs> he thinks he's a lap dog. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, we also are gonna have the communal work area where we are gonna have eight different workstations for our team members to be able to come in and have a productive work environment. A kitchen with a with a little bar countertop. With hopefully, I I really want to put obviously cold brew on tap. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and beers on tap too. Yeah, we uh, you know who has a really good setup that it's just it's easy. It's like the the cold brew tap we have at home, but you can get it with two spouts. Right. Juji has that. So in his gym, last time we went, do you remember? Yeah. He had one that was cold brew coffee, and then the other one was soda water. Yeah, that was like sparkling water, so that he could add. Uh, any pre-workout flavor he wants to yeah. the sparkling water. And it was like, that's honestly thing. genius. He's a creative guy. Yeah, he is very creative. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're going to have that then. Okay. In the, in the work area, we're going to have several whiteboards. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to have like four or five whiteboards to keep the team accountable, write down some goals, processes, etc. Um, and then in the back of the warehouse, we have the whole, apparel operations where we do everything from graphic design stitching patches uh printing t-shirts creating um what are those called screens creating screens burning the screens burning the screens printing them then packaging tagging uh fulfilling all the orders and shipping so we we do everything we do everything in-house and i think having a space like this is is just gonna make Make the entire team a lot more cohesive and make everything run a lot smoother. Oh, you forgot a YouTube studio too. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then we have the YouTube studio that has 
a really cool uh, go strong rack that we put on wheels so we can move it back and forth in case that we need to just use a plain wall for uh, apparel pictures. And we also have that little thingy that comes down. It's called. Oh, like with all the different backdrops. Yeah. What's uh, that called? Backdrop. Makes sense. It, it <laughs> is a backdrop. So it does make sense that that is what it's called. Dude, can we also talk about the level that ghost operates on? Like I couldn't believe it. Like anytime I just have something that I think of that can make my life easier, I messaged Tim from ghost and I'm like, Hey, do you think you could do this? And it's literally within a week at our door. Yeah. So like for the, for example, for the YouTube studio, initially we wanted to have the entire, this ghost strong cage and plates and stuff all in the studio. And we realized it took up like a, a large portion of the studio. Uh, so for a minute there, we thought we were just going to have to scrap it and not, not use it for the studio. But then I'm like, maybe Tim can make wheels with locks on it. So I just messaged him about it and he goes, Oh yeah. Okay. Let me, uh, let me send you something. Literally. I don't think, I don't think even a week went by and we had those wheels with locks that fit right into the go strong rack. And now we can just wheel it in and out of the studio. However we want it's so much better. Yeah. Like, now there's so much room for activities. Yeah. So nice. So yeah, that's a, a run. And we also have a little bit of space outside that we want to eventually, that's going to be kind of the last thing that we do. Yeah. Right now it's a dog toilet. <laughs> yeah, but we have, what's that, like maybe, I don't know, like a, a thousand square thousand feet, feet fifteen hundred square feet. Yeah, of, of just like backyard space, which is nice, but definitely would love to put a sauna. We're we're affiliated with Clearlight Saunas. They make really, really amazing stuff. So I'd be I'd love to put one of those there and maybe a cold plunge, you know, make it like this little cool area where you can go lay in the sun, you know, do some recovery and whatnot. Yeah. And then it'd be, we have, we'd have everything here. Yeah. You know what we need to get? Mm. Like an old school arcade game for the chill and lounge area over there. Yeah. You're going to use that twice and never use it again. And you know it. Dude, you, have you ever seen me play an arcade game? Yes. When? When we went to that beer, uh, beer place in uh, Coconut Grove. Yeah. I loved it. I would have played all night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? You, you don't like like Frogger or Pac-Man? Okay. What about well, like Duck that Hunter? Machine, that machine is there available to you at all times, free. So what I would like to see before you purchase this arcade game that you're going to put in here, taking up space for other stuff <laughs> that we could use, actually use, I want you to commit to going to the that place and playing in the arcade at the very <laughs> minimum an hour, dude. And how often? Frequently. But that's the biggest obstacle is going to the place. The reason why I'd play it here is because... Whenever I want a break, I can just go play. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not gonna okay, go okay. somewhere Come extra on. to go play an arcade. You game. bought you bought a little uh, handheld Nintendo thingy. Yeah. How many times did you use that one? Not very many. All right. You bought yourself an Xbox. How many times did you use that? No, a PS4. Yeah. Yeah, but here's why. No. No, no. Let me let me explain why. I disagree. Let me explain with why. whatever you're saying. Okay. With I, whatever you're about to say, let me just set it straight. I disagree. Go okay, on. but I'll go on. All right. So I was talking to I think it was Medina and. Um, I was like, man, I've tried to get into like playing video games again as an adult and I just can't do it. Like the fact that I, you, you first of all, video games have gotten so disrespectful. You play on live and some <laughs> six year olds yelling at you that you, he banged your mom and stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just trying to get some headshots. Can we all just be friends? First of all, second, when we grew up playing video games, they were way more simple 
And we just figured it out. We didn't have professional video gamers. Like these kids are basically watching game tape, like game film, you know, like how we used to do for hockey or if you played football, they're watching these guys on Twitch and YouTube, like play at the highest level and they're learning how to be killers in these games. So then I walk in there like, doop, doop, doop. Let me see if I can play Fortnite. You know, the first time I've seen it, I'm in like a live match and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I can't do a single thing. I'm getting killed every two seconds. Like I'm useless. Yeah. Cause they, they see those kids, those kids see it as a legitimate job or as a career opportunity. So they, they treat it as such. Dude, they've done their 10,000 hours. Like they're, they're good. But my point being, it's a lot easier to like the learning curve on Frogger is up, down, left, right. That's all you need to know. Right. Like I can play that all day and try and get a high score, but I'm not going to figure out like any of these new games they are just way too advanced. And there's always a new thing coming out now. It used to be like, I feel like they used to drop them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like N64 would drop at the same time as like PlayStation whatever that was the relevant one and like so on. And then there was like GameCube, Xbox, whatever, you know? And now it's just like, there's a new system out every week and I just can't keep up. True. What's your, what's your, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh huh. If you say, if you say yes and I say no, who's, who's, whose decision are we going to go by? We definitely need to bring a third person so we can get you <laughs> mediator. Know, the break, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The make or break. Tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna ask me though? Oh yeah. So you used to be like a. I don't think people know this about you, but you were like a real PC gamer nerd, dude. Tell Yo. tell tell the people about that. I used to play this game. It's called uh, Lineage. Yeah, Lineage, with uh, with all my my guy friends from high school. And yeah, I had two screens. I would, <laughs> I would legit like go to sleep at 1 a.m. playing. Then I would leave my character. I forget like what exactly it had to be doing, but it was like you would take it to a vendor village uh, to for for people to either trade or sell. Like want to trade, want to sell. Like you would physically go. No. Like in real, oh, okay, this is in a the in character. the game in the game. Okay. Yeah. So you would say like WTT want to trade or like. WTS want to sell and then you would go there to my marketplace whatnot and leave your character there and then I would come in at like five in the morning because I had to leave for school at six but it was very important to me to see (laughs) (laughs) you know what I had acquired and whatnot so yeah it would it was bad man I spent too much time in front of that computer but it was cool it brought me it brought me closer together with my guy friends at the time and that was nice did you like learn any valuable lessons from it did it teach you anything about life I don't think so. I don't think I was, I had the level of introspection required to pick up on life tasks. Like it was just kind of a fun thing to do really. True. Halo, you ever play Halo or Halo 2? Isn't that the scary game? No, that was, that was like, that's the super, like the, probably, I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was like the most popular game of all time. I mean, I've heard of it, but no, I never played it. Uh, that was my thing. I used to play that so much. We even, uh, we down me and a couple of friends. We downloaded uh, emulators to uh, our computers, and then we'd link Ethernet cables up in the school, like plug them in, so that we could get the internet because the schools didn't have like Wi-Fi back then. 
And Dude, uh, Ethernet cables, <laughs> I bet you that most of our audience doesn't even know what those are. Yeah. If okay. yeah, for those who who are younger than like I don't know, nineteen nine born in nineteen ninety five, maybe. We used to have these blue cables that you could literally hardwire, like plug into your computer and then plug into the wall. And that was internet. <laughs> like you literally connected physically to the internet. And uh, we used to just like play that in class and not pay attention. Classic. <laughs> I used to play a snake game on my Nokia. Oh my, we were just talking about Nokia phones the other day. Mm. Um, I think that those things, like along with cockroaches and Twinkies are one of the only things that could survive a nuclear holocaust. Likely. Those things are insane. We, I had a buddy yeah. named Taylor. He had yeah. this like Nokia phone uh-huh. that was indestructible <laughs> and we literally played hacky sack with it sometimes. Shut up. I swear. And it, every once in a while <laughs> it would explode <laughs> into like a million pieces that he would be able to just like clip back together and then the phone would be fine again. Crazy. Yeah. Now I feel like phone companies do a complete opposite where they they make them so they only last a very short period of time so that you have to get the always and keep getting always a new version. Yeah, it's funny uh, how every time the new iPhone comes out, your your old iPhone Dude. starts being crazy and not Dude. working properly. Huh? Yeah, what's up with that? What a coincidence. Dude. Dude, we bought the iPhone 11 or whatever the hell this is. And is this 12? I think it's the 12 No, now. this is the 11. No, no, I think it's the 12. No, this is the 11, Hayden. Uh, okay, you keep talking and I'm going to fact check this. That's so annoying. Uh, but yeah, we got the iPhone 11 and I think like a week later on that exit that we take to come to the gym, uh-huh. there was a billboard with iPhone 12 coming soon. I'm like, Man. This is an iPhone 12 Pro Max. I just looked in the about of my phone. There's an iPhone 12 Pro Max. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> Okay, so then ignore my um, story it, that no, I just said. No, but you were right. When we when we did get the 11, that's what happened. Oh, uh, okay. So then maybe I was confused. Because I remember seeing the billboard and being like, wait, I just got this one. That is so annoying. It is. But anyway, uh, so let's go back to the conversation we were having about uh, the, the business and direction and, and, and the things that we've been doing lately to continue growing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, the, one of the most common questions that we often get in business is what did your hiring process look like and what is your organizational structure? And and I get why, because for a long time that was something that that we that was very confusing and unclear for us. You know, I remember, do you remember when we first got started with hybrid and it was pretty much just you and I? And yeah, I not would, pretty much. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> just, just you and me. I. And I would always get super stressed out because I, I, I'm more of a, a a person that looks more into the future, like more anxious. That's kind of like always, always wanting to know what the next step is going to be. You're more laid back in the sense that you're dealing with things as they come by, like living more in the present. Sure. Uh, but we can complement each other really well. But I would always bring up you know, that my, my concern about not knowing what we were going to have to do in order to, to take things to the next level, right? you know, who's the next hire going to be, you know, what kind of things, what kind of things do we need to bring an expert for? What kind of things can we, should we take out of our plate so we can free some, some more time to do things that only us can do. And, and it was, 
it, there's no blueprint really for how to for how to build an online training nutrition apparel gym social yeah, we, media we kinda based invent, we kind of invented these jobs for ourselves exactly yeah we totally yeah. did so so i mean obviously you know you can look at other well-established organizations but it's it, it's it's not it's it's really not the same so we kind of had to learn as we go or learn as we went and and, and try to figure out what you know, keeping the team as lean as possible while at the same time adding people to the team that, that, um, again, that could either help free, help free time from our hands or add some sort of value so yeah. that we can get things moving. I think what was a big like mindset shift for me was whenever I thought about investing in the business, I thought about things like this warehouse or investing in a gym facility or, like more tangible things. Mm -hmm. um, and then COVID sort of, you know, when COVID came, uh, we sort of reassessed everything. And what, what I realized was I think the most important investment in any business is in personnel, you know, in people, because that's what builds your company culture. You know, that's what, that's what the whole business is based on, you know? And it's like, having a team that works well together um, that that makes your life easier that not, not only makes your life easier but does things better than you can do things on your own is the best way to take any business to the next level in my opinion by far by far and and, and it's again it's it's about the investment right because I think that one thing or one mistake that we made early on was not I wouldn't necessarily consider it cutting corners, but we would try to cut costs on the people that we hired, you know, by hiring people that were inexperienced, inexperienced, and available, unqualified, yeah, and unqualified for the job and hoping that they would take the necessary steps to get themselves to, to a position where they, uh, where, where they could excel at, at their job. Um, instead of from the beginning, hiring somebody who's qualified. Yeah, but and I mean, that's and, and that, we, those yeah, are rational decisions at the time because when you're starting out, when it's a new business, the, you're limited in your budget. So it's like, who who do we have access to who we can actually afford to, to bring on, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a lot of money to bring somebody on, you know, relative, relatively, um, then, then you got to get somebody who isn't like, you know, isn't as... Uh, competent for lack of a better word and hope that you can help them grow into the role but we're lucky to be in a point now where we don't have to do that anymore mm -hmm. like the pe that like a good example is like we're now hiring you know since since uh, alex has moved on and he's starting his own thing we're looking for a replacement for the someone to run the apparel side of the business and you know we're getting unbelievable applications you know we had You've got 97 applicants 97 applicants that we narrowed down to three you know and the people that are in the the final three are amazing one better than the other you know they're all incredible people who have you know 15 20 years experience uh worked head ahead of purchasing at under armor you know another person who was in charge of like all the ordering for orange theory placing orders that may, like we think we put in big orders and when we were interviewing this person she's like yeah we do a t-shirt uh, order of blanks uh it'd be about two hundred thousand blanks at a time we're like oh my god <laughs> you're so overqualified <laughs> you know um 
And then, you know, like the, the other candidate just equally as awesome, but, um, it just, it's just, it's cool for us now to be in that position, but I do under, like we made the decisions we had to at the time, you know, given the position we're in. Yeah. But I think again, I mean, my advice would be to obviously not overstretch yourself, but understand that it it is an investment. Like if you have the, if it means even like undercutting your own salary or cutting costs somewhere else in the business at the expense of bringing in someone who's actually qualified to do the job that has experience, that has the right attitude, that has similar values, I would 100%, you know, downgrade on other areas to bring in somebody who actually can bring value and help your business grow. Because for us, like, you know, hiring Candace has been honestly the Candace and Ian have been one of the best things, best additions to the team. Um, in terms of that, they've they've really they've really helped us kick things into into the next gear. Yeah, and one thing that was kind of eye opening for me, I can't remember who said it, but somebody, uh, you know, so we were talking about hiring, and and they were like, I mean, when when you're uh, when you're starting a small business and you're a small business owner, you are all of the jobs to start at, right? Yeah, and you do the best you can in those job in each in all of those roles but realistically like people are good at one maybe two things if you're a really special person mm-hmm. like specific things um and other than that like as soon as you go outside of of those scopes like you're sacrificing quality of work to save money or to you know keep things simple and lean um but it's like you know, we, our CMO Candace, it's like, I'm not going to be better at marketing than her. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way someone's not going to be, we're not going to bring somebody in who's going to be better at powerlifting than you. That's mm-hmm. what you do. That's what mm-hmm. you're the best at, you know. Exactly. Same same with all the other roles. It's like the more you can pad every role with someone who's the some of the best at what they do, obviously the more it's going to elevate the, the yeah, whole have Yeah, you have to play to your strengths and, and understand when it's a good idea for you to take a step back because initially as far as the marketing goes, I, I was, I was trying to take, take that, you know, on, on my own, reading all these marketing books, encouraging you to do the same, encouraging our team to do the same. But I got to, honestly, I realized that it, I had so much making up to do. For sure. So someone's done that job for 15 years. You can't just read a book and then be like, I know all this stuff now. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, it is incredible just how much we've been able to grow uh, while having such a lean team. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge advantage for us, right? Because running lean for, for so long meant that we we could invest in, you know, increasing our payroll and stuff uh, during a time where a lot of the country was having to, you know, lay people, big companies were having to lay people off and, and make cuts. We were actually kind of able to double down. So that, that was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now it's, it's all sort moving of, it's all moving and grooming, coming together. I'm so excited for this place to be done as Me soon too. as even, it's so funny cause we pushed, I knew you really wanted your office done. So when we were like going through all the, the invoices for stuff, I made sure that like your office is one of the first things that, yeah. that we paid for. And so now I've got like all this makeshift stuff in, in my office. It literally, my office literally <laughs> looks, table. <laughs> it looks like the reception area for your office. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like you walk into my office, it's the waiting room. And then it's like, oh, you want to come into the actual <laughs> office? And that's your room. You're looking like <laughs> so freaking good. female El Chapo in there. 
Um, but your office is coming soon too. Yeah, I think I think we got it's a week till my like my actual desk comes in and uh, you know, whatever else is in there. I can't even remember what we ordered, but um, it's all super cool. So pumped for that. Um, what else has been happening in the world of hybrid? We just had the showdown. Wait, wait, are we done talking about business? Um, I don't know. You got more to say? Um, no, I mean, I just wanted to give our listeners a little bit more insight as far as, you know, what are some of the decisions that we've made that have that have led to successful outcomes? Um, at least like the most recent ones. So obviously, yeah, hiring was a big one, but maybe we can expand a little bit more on which hires those were and why okay i want to take a second here just to give another shout out to our sponsor state classy meets these guys we've been using them for quite some time now actually long before they were uh, a sponsor on the show and they make some of the best stuff that i have ever had and unlike a lot of meat companies that keep it pretty basic you can have freaking wagyu burgers tomahawk steaks you can think of it they have it and that can arrive straight to your door. Uh, stay classy. Sources from ranchers who are for the animals, which means they allow the animals to graze in a stress-free environment. And if you know anything about hunting or uh, eating meat in general, that is super important to the quality and the taste of the meat. Stay classy is also committed to keeping their meat hormone and antibiotic free. So when you get this meat, you know you're just getting meat. You know exactly what's in it. They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their body. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be, and the more efficient it will run. They are all about quality, convenience, and small batch. So definitely check these guys out. Like I said, they make the best stuff. Code HYBRID in all caps will get you guys 10% off. So try some bougie burgers, try some other awesome meat, and uh, enjoy. Enjoy a little discount on us. All right, now let's get back to the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Sure. Yeah, so we had uh, Candace, our CMO, Ian, our COO. Um, who else? When did we... A few more media people. Yeah, two two more media people that we brought on uh, over the last year or so. Um, who else? We've had a bunch. It's hard when you're on the spot. I know. Oh, well, like all the warehouse staff, that's all new. You know, at one point it was just Alex in here fulfilling orders and then it became Alex getting Sam to fulfill orders. And now it's like at any given time we have like anywhere between like seven and ten people in here just working away, mm -hmm. um, which is great. Also, just investing in a, in a printing press was, was like a really good move for us too. Like above a certain amount of volume of sales that you're doing with shirts that that are being printed it just makes sense to like that machine paid itself off in in one drop yeah you know just with the money that we saved from not having to to outsource our printing yeah so that was all really cool um i don't know i just i think the more the more of your business you can control the better the outcomes are going to be so um yeah, what else? You online shopping on your phone there, leaving me hanging? No, I was um, opening up some room in my phone because my thing was 
how on earth did you fill that? That's 512 gigabytes of data and you filled that phone. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to blame Karim for this one, my my boxing coach. Oh, because he films the entire session and then airdrops it to you? Because he forgets, he forgets to turn the thing off, like when I'm when we're not boxing, right? Uh-huh. And then it's an 18-minute long video where most of the video is just us either talking, me drinking water, <laughs> you know? So I'm legit, like, deleting videos that are, like, 23 minutes long. That's That's what's... That's what's taking up space in here. Wow. Interesting time that you chose to, to do that. Yeah, apologies. While we're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you want to talk about more business stuff? Or you want to or what? You want to shift gears? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just, the, the point I wanted to drive home was the importance, the importance in investing back into your business uh as far as like personnel goes and even like uh tangible things like the gym and the warehouse that would that don't necessarily give you back uh directly a return on your investment right like this warehouse doesn't really make us money i guess outside of the printing the printing does but we didn't really in the podcast studio in the podcast studio i guess it kind of does and the YouTube studio. But, but yeah, but like <laughs> we didn't need to go all out like this. Like this, this was sure. a, a big investment that we chose to do in order to elevate the, the brand image, mm-hmm. which, and, indirectly, and the, which, which indirectly helps us continue growing. Yeah. Not just the image, but also just like the enjoyment of, of everyone's days who work for us here uh locally mm-hmm. who can come into a nice space and work like it's tough when most of the roles that we have even for the people who work who are who live here locally a lot of them are remote yeah. you know unless you're working in the warehouse or you're working at the gym right. a lot of it is just still like francesco and simon and like those guys work online mm-hmm. even though they're here um but now this is a place where the team can come and all work together mm-hmm. and you know they're all motivated and around the same age and everybody's friends. And like that, I think that's a really cool, it cool is. thing. Like that just improves company culture, which, you know, makes it's people the happy. the most important thing. The most, for the sure. The most important thing. We just hosted uh, a company culture meeting on Sunday to, you know, I, I figured that. So my role within the, in the business has continuously evolved as I've learned to delegate certain tasks that other people can do. Um, and as I, I, I just have taken different shapes across the years and so have you Hayden, but one of, one of the, one of my main roles now has been in just leadership and direction and it, and I guess I'm responsible for, for fostering and nurturing that company culture and keeping our employees motivated and making sure that we're all on the same page as far as like what the vision is, what the mission is, uh, what our goals are, and making sure that they know what direction we're headed towards so that we could all be on the same page. So I don't know where I was going. Ah, we were talking about company culture and how important that is. Mm-hmm. So that was essentially what that meeting was for. And it's, I think we always leave those meetings, everybody leaves those meetings feeling refreshed because it, you know, you, you I think it's important to make it a point to periodically, periodically express your yourself your appreciation for the people that work for you. Because one of the things that one of the things that we discussed was how 
more often than not, like very often throughout a week, throughout a month, you know, you acknowledge either to yourself or to your business partner how well somebody's doing or or how awesome some of the things that some of our employees are doing. And, and we kind of like forget to tell them that we think that way. Right. right. And what ends up happening is that usually they hear from us when things aren't going well. And then that that leaves them feeling discouraged because they haven't heard of of the 99 times where they were doing an exceptional job and they were and they were, you know, for sure. If the, if the only time your employees ever hear from you is when they do something wrong and you're reprimanding them, then now they're just expecting a negative reaction with you or a ne- negative interaction with you. Every time they they hear from you and that's not a good, not a good workflow or good work relationship. Right. So, yeah, as a business owner, I think that's that's one of the, the, the most important things is just making sure that your employees are feeling appreciated, making sure that um, people are being heard, that you're available for them, for their concerns and whatnot. And, you know, that you that you continue encouraging them to build relationships among each other and to help each other out so that everything can be smoother. And, you know, when it comes to what makes, what what makes a business, what makes a business sound is not necessarily, it, it, it's not necessarily like what the product or the service is. Uh, but it's the company culture. Cause that is, that is one thing that can't be replicated unless it, well, it, actually, it can't be replicated, period, right? Because you're never going to have the same people working in the same team outside. So people can copy your designs. People can copy your program. People can copy your your structure, your service structure and whatnot. But they they can't replicate your company culture. So if you have a really strong company culture, you have a really strong team that, that is committed, that is loyal, that is driven, that's all kind of really rowing in the same direction at the same cadence at the same speed then you become unstoppable yeah i couldn't say it better what else we got Mm, on the business front no anything i think i'm done talking about business yeah um the showdown meet showdown meet was epic yeah uh who broke world records there? There's always history made at that meet every year. We had the highest t- raw total of all time done at the meet. That was Dan Bell with over 2,600 pounds, what which is heck? absolutely ridiculous. I think he squatted 1,102 pounds or something like that, which is ridiculous. Wasn't that crazy to watch in person? The craziest part of watching Dan Bell squat is that he it doesn't look difficult. I know, eh? He did, he did 1,102 pounds and it, it always freaks me out when these, with these, some of these supers, how like they're faster in the ascent of the squat than the descent of the squat. And I don't get it. I don't get it. They go down slow. It's like, it almost looks like once they hit depth, they're like relieved and the hard part is over. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I'll just stand up now. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, it's the opposite of how I squat. You know, so I just, that, that's really always cool to see. Um, I am you, the same way. You? Yeah, I have a very slow descent. Yeah, but do you, do you have a fast ascent? I don't think it's slow. Yeah, what's... It's a normal speed Is your descent slower than your ascent or faster? Yeah, slower. Interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, for me, it's a matter, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm a lot better if I can create more tension around my hips, mm-hmm. using my hip flexors and using, using my, my glute meds and all the muscles that attach on the hip to create more stability. And, and then obviously, I don't know, I think, I think since I changed my squat stance to a more foot pointed forward stance, yeah, it's been more difficult for me to to catch the rebound or catch any sort of bounce and then i have to think a lot more about where my hips are going and and actually placing them in the right place because for me if i if i if i speed it up and my hip lands on the in the wrong place then i'm i'm missing the squat i remember this one squat session uh, i was doing at hybrid one and it was like a i don't know it's like an over 400 pound Yeah, it was a 185 kilo. It was a 185 kilo. So 407 pounds. 407 uh, double I had to do in sleeves. And I the first, so I unracked. Weight didn't even feel that heavy or anything. And I went down and missed it. Like I misgrooved it at the bottom. Like I didn't put my hips in the right place. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the video and, and saw kind of that technical mistake, did it again, and, and was able to get it for two after failing a rep. Wow. So for me, that plays a, a really big role in whether or not I can uh, make a lift. Hey, I think that super heavies are, should automatically be in a different category for squat because having that huge belly is literally like an extra piece of equipment. Like when I see a super heavy squat versus me squat, I'm like, damn, it would feel so good to squat with a huge <laughs> barrel because they they just look like accordions like collapsing on yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's like they get a little trampoline that like it sounds silly, but it's true. Like yeah. I think it helps. Yeah, no, I think it definitely helps. It, it definitely doesn't help in deadlift. So there's a trade off. But like for the squat, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. I mean, I notice it. I, I even notice a difference when when I lose some weight and say like my hamstrings get a little bit smaller or or even yeah even 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 my stomach like it does change my my squat mechanics significantly. I went from being on the second hole in my belt now uh-huh. to being on the fourth. Wow. That's like like an inch and a half of of difference yeah, in your in your stomach or waist or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty significant. That's crazy. What's crazy is that my body weight hasn't changed that much. I don't I don't believe you. Okay. I think you're going to have to step on a scale in front of me. Because okay. you're shredded and you're not lifting. So where's this body weight coming from? Dude, I'm telling you that... Your head? Your brain got bigger? Yes. No, I'm telling you that... you reading too much. From what? Reading too much? you're reading too much. Get that mega mind brain. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know, man, how that happens. But but you do know that that's hap- that happens to me. It's like you see me and I'm ripped. And you're like, how much you weigh? I'm like 162. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> You have yeah, you have a problem that every guy wished they they had. It's like ah, oh, I don't know what I'm, what's what's wrong. I just keep getting bigger and leaner, more jacked and more lean. <laughs> oh, cry me a river, Cohen. Uh, who else broke uh, records at the meet? Julius Maddox. That might have been one of the most impressive lifts that I've like single lifts that I've seen ever in real life. Yeah. What was that? Was seven eighty something or seven something ridiculous? Dude, more than more than my squat, more than my deadlift. Insane, insane. You imagine how terrifying that must be. Yo, that guy is one in a million, eh? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I don't know how how 
long uh, exactly his career has been, but that's like a training lifespan dedicated just to that one lift. 782. That's what he bench pressed with a pause in competition. Who's, who comes close to that? The only person I think even remotely close is uh, Kirill. But I think his best is like 730. So 730? I mean, okay. But like that's still, that's super impressive as well. That is super impressive. And also um, Kirill is like super jacked. He's like a super heavy who's not fat at all, which is kind of kind of cool for the sport. But um, but that's a, still a huge difference. You're talking about between the first best and the second best guy in the world, 50-something pounds. Like, that's enormous. Yeah. That is, that's insane. That's, that's pretty nuts. Who else? Uh, Brandy Terry. She broke a deadlift world record, right? Yeah. What was the controversy with her lifts? Dude, it was so stupid, and I'll tell you why it's so stupid. I so someone sent me some things that like people on different podcasts were saying about it, and mm-hmm. the controversy was that she didn't compete against someone else in the meet. Like, there was nobody close to her in terms of skill level that forced her to perform. And here's a few points against that. One, that's more, it's more difficult to perform when you don't have to rise to an occasion. You know what I mean? That's why people usually lift more in competition than they do in training unless they're doing something wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like having to rise to an occasion to beat somebody and it's coming down to like final lifts and stuff like that, especially in deadlift, like it's a huge motivating factor that you don't have when you're just, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds ahead of the next person, right? Uh, also, how come nobody had a problem with Julius Maddox not competing against anybody remotely close to how strong he is in bench? Straight up because Brianna's a girl. Dude, the second best bench press in that whole meet was in the 600s, like low six. So it's like, okay, this guy's a hundred and, and more than 100 pounds ahead of the next person. And everyone's like, wow, Julius Maddox, you're the best. And then Brianna Terry crushes the deadlift world record and they're like, well, she didn't compete against anyone. What do you mean? She's competing against everybody in the world every time she's on the platform. That's how powerlifting works. It's who lifts the most, period. Not who lifts the most next to someone who also lifts kind of close. Yeah. What do you who's, mean? Who's a part of the competition matters very little. And it matters way less than what the quality of the competition is. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? I think that's the most important thing. If you break if you break a world record in, in a bullshit federation with very lax rules and, you know, a small dinky rinky dinks meet. And they're not doing equipment checks. Right. And like, yeah, okay, I can uh, see the problem That's a problem. That. You know, I think that would, what's the opposite of legitimize? Illegitimate. Yeah. That would make the their world record a lot more illegitimate than not competing against someone in the same look, meet. As a spectator or a fan of the anything. sport, I understand wanting to see the best people compete against the best people like yeah is that good for the sport yes but it's not like she went to some backyard like apf or whatever meet in the boonies right. you know where where no one's allowed to film like this was one of the most visible meets of the year right it was right. all over the internet like if people are going to compete like the best lifters are competing at the u.s open mm-hmm. uh the other showdown meet, mm-hmm. the hybrid showdown, uh, tribute, and and bossa bosses when that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are the big meets. 
So it's not her fault if people don't sign up. She doesn't get to choose if exactly. people sign up or not. So it's like, relax, everybody. Um, but that's enough of a rant about that. This if it's not clear, we fully back Brianne Terry's world record. It <laughs> yeah, was super 100%. legit. It was 100% legit. Um, what else? Who else? There's some, oh, John Hack. John Hack is a mutant, man. He uh, He's looking like new John Hack, eight old John Hack. Like from, from last up. time I saw him, I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, dude, you're That's double like the John Hack from last year. And uh, he certainly lifted that way as well. Um, he almost did that, what was it, a 900 deadlift? What was his third attempt deadlift? Do you remember? It was something ridiculous. Crazy dude. And he got really close and he actually battled it out. I've never really seen him struggle like that. He was close. I think he ended up just putting it down because it wasn't going anywhere and he was just going to lose grip eventually. But that was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, he missed it at the top. Yeah. And then, dude, we just had, there was just a bunch of awesome lifters who were super competitive as well. Like in, on top of all those. Oh, Jamal Browner broke the total world record also uh, in the 242s. 882. Oh, okay. Who is that? Who had that record? Do we know? Is that like an old Ed Cohn record or something? 198 was uh, Hack's weight class. But um, yeah, I mean, damn, just a crazy event. It's so fun to be a part of. I, I like judged the majority of that meet just because I wanted a front row seat. <laughs> you know, the best seat in the house. I love dodging too. It was so fun. But the uh, the pressure sometimes of being a judge, I, I don't like. Why? Yeah, you had a few moments there where where you had a discussion with the, the other side judge, eh? Dude, yeah. Because <laughs> this is what happened. Bless his, his poor little heart when this <laughs> happened. But <laughs> I just felt so bad for him. So the other side judge, okay? This is um, this was Dan Bell's world record. Okay, biggest total of all time. The entire facility is behind this man and wants to see this happen. Right? He completes the deadlift. One hundred percent of people are all on the same page. We're all going nuts. Right? Everyone's freaking out. I white light him. Center judge white white lights him. And the only person who was like, nah, who was the judge on the other side, who I'm not going to call out because I love him and he's a great dude. But I was just like, if you're <laughs> like, I just felt bad for him because it's like the whole everyone was on this vibe of like, like, yeah. And then he was like, no. <laughs> and I just felt like the whole the whole facility, like everyone in the facility just looked over at him like, who was the red light guy? <laughs> Who tried to ruin this monumental Historic event? Historic moment. <laughs> yeah. I was um. like, damn. But uh, honestly, to be fair, I would I would always prefer like a, a tough judge than a than a judge who gives gifts. Because if you're a tough judge, okay, you can take something away from somebody, and that that sucks if it's a wrong call. But gifting people, like especially world records. And somebody losing a world record to an illegitimate lift is way, way worse, right? Like somebody can come, like if you're one of the best powerlifters in the world, you get a shit call and you don't make that world record, you're probably going to come back and just break that world record again, right? Mm -hmm. 
you know, unless something happens and you get injured, like, you know, but in most cases, people continue to improve or at the very least, they're able to maintain their highest level of condition for a certain period of time. So it's like, to me, whatever, they'll get another shot. But what burns me is like when people squat three inches high and they get a world record that was taken away from a guy who absolutely dunked it. It's like, you know. But it goes back to it goes back to what the what the guidelines for judging are, which is if you're unsure, you rule, you have, in, favor. You rule in favor of the athlete. Right. So I feel like we all know. Like you know when it, when it, when a lift was not good. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's always human error, right? Like Yeah, but if you're unsure then you then you give the lift. It's not giving the lift. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not, you know, he fully locked his right hip. So, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to white light. Well, like, I have a, weird things happen. You know what was a weird thing to judge for me? Uh, I was head ref, like center judge, for uh, bench press. And, okay, deadlift, no matter how different of a setup you have in deadlift, you pick the bar up and the lift starts when the bar leaves the floor. Right. There's not really any funky, weird stuff you can do to throw off a judge. You either lift it up or you don't. Yeah. Right. Same with squat, because the squat command is once I say squat, it doesn't mean you have to do it right away. You can take your time and squat when you feel ready. Right. Yeah. But some people look like they're set up like at one of our guys, like Lou Nutter. He's he went to to bench. He looks like he's completely set up. I'm like, start. And then he pulls his feet back and like to, like underneath his hips. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like you weren't even in your, your start position yet. Or like mm. some people who, who unrack the bar and leave their butt in the air for some reason for a really long time <laughs> and then put their butt down after. Some of those guys, it's like from the front judging angle, you can't see when if their butt is on the, the bench yet. Yeah. So there was one time where I got called start and, and – uh, I think it was Jeff Tamburello actually his butt wasn't fully down on the bench yet you know so it's just they're just kind of weird like bench is a weird one there needs to be like more going back to that podcast we shot before when we were talking about the changes we could make to some of the rules and bench I think that would help a lot you know what was it uh not being able to use the assistance of of anything else like you can't use the uprights to jam yourself in your butt has to be on the bench before like before you take the bar off the rack, you know, all that kind of stuff. Not yeah. being able to use anything outside of yourself to get into a position. And also like once the once the uh, bar is off of the rack, I feel like, you know, your feet should also be in the wherever they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be like once the bar is off the rack, that that's your final position. Right, I'm with you. Yeah. I just deleted 647 videos. I find it really interesting when you do other activities while on the podcast. Mm. We all have different ways of maintaining focus. I'm telling you, if I could do something mindless like that, it was just selecting videos, deleting videos, or like scrolling to just, I don't know, look at fashion stuff. It's It honestly makes me more focused. So it's, like it's like fidgeting for me. Yeah, but a fidget spinner you don't have to look at. When you're shopping and actually choose, like that's not mindless when you're choosing things you like when you do shop, when you're shopping. It's pretty mindless. 
Really? Then yeah. how do you pick which stuff you like without well, your I'm mind? I'm not buying them, you know. I'm just putting them in a shopping cart. It's so not it's, the same. So is it just more, ba- it's a feel? Yeah. You're just adding things based on feel, not actual opinion? Yeah, based <laughs> based on initial, you know, initial feel of for the for the piece. I don't know. All right. Yeah. All right, all right. Yo, what, uh, what was it like for you? Uh, this is, I'm totally switching gears here, but what was it like for you as a... Uh, you know, a relatively new boxing athlete to go to the Canelo fight the other night because I think boxing might be the most extra sport in the world. Like, I, you know, I've always watched it on TV and sure, it's pretty crazy. Like, I always thought that, but being there, like, it, it, it was like being at a concert and a fight at the same time, you know? And like people walk it. Like when Canelo came out, he had that famous uh, Latin American singer. J Balbin. Yeah. Walk out with him, singing behind him with fire shooting everywhere. Like the production value of the event was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, did we forget about Mike Tyson? I'm Mike Tyson. No, no, I'm saying like <laughs> who sang, like Snoop Dogg did pretty much a full concert for that, for that event. Oh, yeah. Well, and a bunch of other famous. Yeah, uh, but Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop. You know, Snoop. Snoop D-O-double-G. Snoop Doggy Dog. He's the man. He really is. He's my religion. Yeah. He's a whole vibe he on is. his own. Yeah. He's beloved. I don't... So what, what do you think it is about some... This is a tangent, but what do you think it is about some, like, athletes and performers that who just, like, transcend criticism to the point where they're just beloved by everybody? Like, Snoop Dogg's one. Yeah. Canelo. Right? Canelo. Tyson is one, right? Like... No. Yes, Tyson went to prison and bit off someone's ear and he just casually walked back into society and was like, okay, you guys can love me again now. (laughs) And then everyone was like, you're the best. Right? Like, how does that happen? How how many passes do you get in life? The amount of things in 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 the age of cancel culture, the amount of horrible things he said about like women in interviews that you can literally just Google. Type Mike Tyson sexist on on google and i bet you you could spend an evening just watching those things you know but like but for some reason he transcends uh criticism yeah i don't know what it is i don't i don't i don't know what makes someone who's another person like that that's just the rock the rock but the rock seems at least pretty squeaky clean he hasn't like the Rock hasn't really done anything. No scandals that I'm aware yeah. of. He's done some weird stuff like that. Remember when he was posting repeatedly on uh, on Instagram about how he was his fence wasn't working, but instead of him just manually opening it, he just <laughs> ran his his truck through the, his front gate of his house. That was pretty funny. That was and weird. Crazy. Yeah, I was like, you had a crazy moment. I think there. That's not a normal thing to do. No. Oh man. But yeah, sorry. The point of this before we went on this tangent was um what how did you feel as like a new boxing athlete? Like you're somebody who's going to fight. Yeah. And what was that like it being real like that? I mean, it was exciting. Uh it was my f- my first time attending a uh a boxing event. I've gone to bare knuckle fights a couple of times. But first time going to a boxing event and it's just cool to see just really the the depth of the sport just how many spectators there were and and how 
invested they are in the athletes and it, it's super exciting for me because I I come from a very um what do you call like powerlifting's like a reserved grunge oh like a fringe like a fringe fringe that's sort of what I was looking for I come from a fringe sport and even though I achieved achieved a lot of success in the sport I never felt like and even recognition as well I just didn't feel like it was I don't know I, I think that athletically one of the things that I've been searching for my entire life is like um a more like universally welcomed accepted cared for sport yeah so yeah it's, it's exciting you know it's exciting I I I have big dreams and aspirations for my my boxing career. I, have, I get a lot of questions on social media about whether or not I'm fighting for real and if I'm going to do the real thing, the full thing. And and the answer is yeah. You know, I nothing that nothing that I do is ever with the intention of being mediocre or not taking it seriously. So, and I, yeah, and I think that like for some people who are seeing this, seeing you now, who have only ever seen you or only ever knew of your journey starting from powerlifting, they're like, whoa, this is crazy. She's like going to another sport. Uh-huh. But this is nothing new for you. This is not like a midlife crisis. This, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> this is just what you've always done. Mm-hmm. You've like... I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, good. Because, you know, this is um, this is what you've always done. You You have always cared what, at least to me, it seems like, the most about competing period you want to find the things that you're the best at and then you want to pursue those things so i mean just from in my time of knowing you for what seems like forever but it's only actually been five years Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've done you played for the national venezuelan soccer team and then you're like been there done that next thing ran half marathons then you're like okay i don't think i can be like one of the top in the world at this next thing Mm-hmm. What was after that? CrossFit? CrossFit. CrossFit. And you're like, eh, I don't think I can be the best in the world at this. Weightlifting, you actually loved and you were very, very talented at that and you pursued that heavily. Did great for a period of time. Then you got into PT school and, you know, we've talked about it before, but like just the demands of weightlifting mentally are a bit different than powerlifting. It's exhausting to do mm-hmm. while you're in grad school. Switch to powerlifting. Boom. Best in the world. Broke all the records. Conquered. You know, you came. You saw, you conquered, and now it's like next thing. Yeah. And when that next thing is boxing, and dude, you might be Mike Tyson. (laughs) 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 Because you look scary in there. Like, you know, and it's, for me, it's been kind of, like, to see you now, I forget. Like, I look at you, and I'm like, wow, you look badass in the ring, right? But I, because I see you every day, it's like watching a kid grow, Right. If you see that kid every day, you're like, oh, it's just Tim again. Like, you don't, it's different than like if you don't see a kid for half a year and then you're like, holy shit, look how tall you got, right? Like, I've seen you every day and I've seen the progression. But like, e- even if I miss like two weeks of watching you spar just because I have whatever and then I come back and see you spar again, I'm like, you're a completely different person. Yeah, it's like, I you're was a completely just, different fighter. Yeah, I was just showing Caesar my last sparring session with that world champion Argentinian boxer uh-huh. uh, and compare that to even my, my sparring session with Maureen Shea. Maureen Shea. 
uh-huh. and the one prior, which was that random girl in a fight club that was like 30 pounds heavier than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, With huge reach. Yeah, she dropped some bombs <laughs> on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of what I base my decisions as far as what I think I can achieve in a sport on is the speed of skill acquisition. How fast can I get? How fast am I improving? Mm-hmm. You know, without well, well, comparing myself to anybody else, but it's how fast is my 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 uh, progress been? You know, how how fast am I able to under, understand this, the the sport that I'm in in general, and 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 listen to what my coaches are telling me, and apply the things in an act in, in you know when you're in your competition setting. So for me, that that's sparring. So how how well can I? translate all the pad work the bad bag work the shadow boxing the foot drills into an actual spar session and yeah and i just feel that uh that well i, I don't feel i can see that it's it, it it's very promising it's very promising so for sure and for the all the people who are i see on every post you ever do with boxing it's like are you gonna fight are you gonna fight hmm. It's like, yeah, dude, you're, this is not just like a little hobby for you. you. I put a ring in my gym. You put a ring in our gym and you are doing two a days. Yeah. Like almost every, is it every day? Every day. Every day, two a days. Like you're going hard with this stuff. So no, no shit. You're making good progress. Like you're heavily invested in it. So yeah. And committed and committed. So, and you've got, you know, good people around you that are, that are pushing you. Yeah. Um, I have a really cool team. Yeah. It's cool you building your own team out, which is well, kind of what you've always done. So yeah. it's cool to see you do it again in boxing. Yeah. So first fight coming up soon. Yeah. When? When's the first fight? First amateur fight, April 17th. I even have a manager and everything. How cool is that? Wow. With one of the biggest management companies. With what? One of the biggest management oh, companies. Oh, yeah. Are you allowed to talk about it? I don't know. How yeah, that is, yeah, that I am. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, same as like who else is with that company? Masvidal, Paige Vincent, um Roy Jones, Roy Jones, Roy Jones, or Roy Jones? No, it's uh, what's the other Johns Jones? John Jones. John Jones, yeah. John, where you had the sports mixed up there? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, what do you mean the sport mixed up? Who's Roy it? Jones Jr. Who's that? Boxer. But what does that have to do with anything? Because that's the name you were saying. John Jones is uh, is the uh, MMA, MMA fighter. fighter. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> got it mixed up, but yeah, um, it's pretty cool. You're getting some some attention that's well deserved. So I'm pumped. Me too. I can't wait. I'm pumped. I got. Um, I better, dude. I'm. I, I I better be in your corner. Like I'm learning to do something. I'll be the guy who puts the bag of ice on your head if I have to or whatever, you know. But I'm there. I'm. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> That's all I ask. Well, I don't for. think you're gonna be able to. Why why? Because because it's right now it's Kareem, Byron, and Phil. Kick one of them out. No. <laughs> my coaches. Wait, no, how, how many people are allowed to be in the corner? Three. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Maybe I'll be ref. <laughs> <laughs> Do you imagine? <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll apply to be in the other chick's corner just so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, I'll wear, wear a headset and give you all the secrets. 
Um, or just give her like bad advice. <laughs> keep <laughs> <Yeah>. your hands down. <laughs> Lure her in. Put your hands in your pockets. Let her get really close. Yeah. With your hands down. <laughs> and lean lean forward a little bit too. <laughs> um, anyway, I think on that note we should say goodbye. Awesome. Yeah. We talked about a lot of different things here. You know that song? Goodbye, farewell, lost be there, saying goodbye, or something like So long, farewell. Yeah, what did I say? Be the same. Uh, you just said goodbye first. Okay. Anyway. I'd like to stay and drink my first champagne. <laughs> that's the sound of music. That's what that movie is where it's from. That was a good movie. Yeah. I've seen it about a million times because my sister, my little sister, was obsessed with it growing up. <laughs> but anyway... But anyway, what was it? The other thing that she said. Um, uh, that's a Gucci gang. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's a Gucci gang shit. You know the motherfucking vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that chick from TikTok. What's her name? I don't know. Jasmine Orlando. Jasmine Orlando. Shout out, girl. Shout out. Shout out. That's a Gucci gang shit. You know the motherfucking vibes. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember to repost this episode if you're listening and tag us for a chance to win some free hybrid legacy swag. As always, thank you guys for your support, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. See ya.